Before we bring on our guest talking about immigration and Trump's unveiling a major immigration proposal today that should, as far as I can tell, we're checking the polling on all the different points, should be overwhelmingly easily approved by our government, since most people by far are in favor of it. The, the key part of Trump's immigration idea is merit-based. The a polling on that, answer this question. Should our immigration system be based on a person's ability to contribute to America? 84% agree with that, as opposed to, should it be based on a person having relatives in the United States? It's only 16% for that. So it's 84 to 16 prefer a merit-based system, which is what Trump is going to um, uh, talk about today. The lowest support for a merit-based immigration system is 69% among African Americans. It's still over two-thirds for black people, 75% among self-identified Democrats and liberals, 83% of Hispanic respondents agreed with that statement. Wow. This is a Harris poll out of Harvard. So that shouldn't be hard at all, but... Um, because Trump, one of the things Trump is going to put out there is he's not going to lower the number of people coming into the country. He's going to keep that flat. Mm-hmm. That's one of the reasons this Republican strategist I'm reading about in this article says it's dead on arrival. The whole thing is dead on arrival. Interesting. Mark Krikorian is a nationally recognized expert on immigration issues. He is the executive director for the Center for Immigration Studies and a frequent guest on the Armstrong and Getty Show and joins us now. Mark, how are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. I'm guessing there's uh, some to love and some to uh, dislike in this plan. What's your reaction to it as you understand it thus far? Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. Uh, There's a lot to love in this plan. It's got it's it's both illegal immigration measures, some of the fixes to plug the loopholes that are actually incentivizing the Central Americans to come up across the border, and then also the part you were talking about, the merit-based part. So what it does is it narrows the range of relatives you can bring in. You still bring in husbands, wives, and little kids, but it gets rid of some of the other categories for, you know, adult brothers and sisters and what have you, and then moves all of those numbers over to a new merit-based system. And, I mean, merit-based is what the president's called it. It doesn't mean those people are better morally. It just means that they're more likely to be educated and skilled, that sort of thing. That's all to the good. A country that My wants concern. better educated, more skilled people coming in? That's ah, just awful. It's fascist. I know. It, it, yeah, it is shocking. Uh, and in fact, a lot of lobbyists have been complaining, corporate lobbyists, saying, no, no, we need lots of uneducated um, people uh, to do you know, grunt work and stoop labor. And I'm like, this is a modern society. Why do we want that? There's nothing wrong with them. In other words, they're not morally defective because they didn't pass the sixth grade. They're regular people like anyone else. But what is a modern economy like ours? Why do we need more people with less education? It's just not right. Well, and you're but, into a weird class system if you if you decide as a country, you know what we want is dumb people to do the kind of work we hate. We're going to import a foreign underclass. Yeah, lovely. Woof. Yeah, it is kind of like the Middle East, you know, where they import people to do all of their uh, work, yeah. and then the Arab sheiks and the rest of them just sit there and benefit from it. But, and this is the, the, the one big problem I have with this, is that this isn't really a bill that's going to pass. This is more like a statement of goals and principles, kind of like a, almost a campaign document. And I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just laying out what the White House is for on immigration, not just what it's against. And that's good. The problem is it doesn't contain even a modest cutback in legal immigration. It embraces and endorses 
the current level of 1.1 million new immigrants every year. And that's a problem, especially in a document that is basically presenting itself as a sort of campaign platform. Because the fact is that there are lots of problems with taking in more than 1 million new immigrants every year, even when the economy is good, like now. And it would be good if the White House followed through on the president's commitments from before you know, he became president during the campaign, where he said he wanted a more moderate, somewhat lower level of legal immigration. And it's just not in there. And well, I think that's a serious problem. Mark Kerkorian, Executive Director, Center for Immigration Studies, is on the line uh, talking about the president's new proposal. Uh, so listen, people spend their lives uh, reading in the mainstream media that uh, immigration, all immigration, is net a positive. Um, so I think you need to at least briefly make the case. Why would you reduce lawful immigration? Uh, there's a lot of reasons. The basic overarching reason is that high levels of immigration are a problem for a modern society in a way that wasn't the case 100 or 200 years ago. In other words, what the problem today is, is not that the immigrants are different. They're no better or worse than anybody else. They're just regular people. Our economy and our society and everything has changed. We have a post-industrial knowledge-based economy. We have a welfare state. We have an assimilation system in our schools and what have you that isn't working very well. I mean, we're not even teaching our own kids what it is to be an American, let alone immigrant kids or kids from immigrant families who don't, you know, who don't know. And so, and even um, the security aspect of immigration, if we're going to let in lots more skilled immigrants, that means lots more people from China and India. And frankly, the Chinese have been aggressively using foreign students and immigrants as, um, you know, for their for espionage purposes. Doesn't mean all of them. Most of them are just regular people. But it's a serious problem. And so the fact is that high levels of immigration, however you arrange it, are a problem for a modern society like ours. And acknowledging that just by saying maybe cutting the level five or 10 percent in this proposal would acknowledge that there are problems there that we need to deal with. And frankly, there was just polling by that same Harvard Harris poll that you just referred to where they asked people, what do you think the president's number one priority should be? And among people who voted for Trump, almost the same percentage said reducing immigration as did say, build the wall. And both of those were the number one and number two goals for people uh, who voted for Trump, people who identify as Republicans or conservatives. So this is an important issue for his base. And I think they're misreading their own voters' concerns by ignoring altogether concerns about taking in, like I said, 1.1 million new immigrants every year. All right, let's touch on one more thing, at least uh, briefly, if you can. Uh, the the way the immigration system is being exploited currently by the cartels, the human traffickers, and what this measure does about that. You mentioned removing some of the uh, incentives for, for flouting the system. What stands out? Yeah, we haven't seen all the details yet, but it's almost certain there are going to be things, uh, there are going to be measures, for instance, to fix the rule that we're currently stuck with that says you can't keep a minor an illegal immigrant under 18, in detention for more than 20 days. What that means is if you bring a kid with you, 
and then we detain you because you're an illegal immigrant or say you're applying for asylum, um, but it takes a while for that case to work out. And most people don't get asylum. They just use it as a way of getting past the Border Patrol. But if you bring a kid with you, we either have to let the kid go within three weeks and split the family by keeping the adult in detention. And gain screaming headlines, right? Exactly. Or we let the parent go, too. And so what it's now become is if you bring a kid with you, that kid is a ticket to guaranteed release into the United States. Whether you end up showing up for hearings or what have you after that is something we don't have any control over. Right, and, and the so cartels literally. Yeah, they're advertising. The cartels are advertising in Central America. Bring a kid with you. It's a golden ticket into the U.S., and people are taking them up on that offer, and that has to be fixed. That's one of the things in this proposal that would be fixed. We are going to check in with Mark tomorrow when the details of the plan come out, and we will look forward to that. Mark Corian of the Center for Immigration Studies. Thanks, Mark. Good to talk to you. We'll talk again. Thank you. All right. So one aspect of this plan that I really, really like is it says, look, you apply for refugee status in your country, period. You don't show up without an appointment. You can't do that at your hair salon. And I go to a barber shop and you can, but you, you know, you can't do that virtually anywhere of, of seriousness. Doctor's office, dentist's office. Hey, I need a cleaning. Just doesn't work that way. You apply for refugee status in your country, period. You can't show up and demand to be let in. So the biggest change would be to switch into merit-based. I mean, that would be standing our current system on its head. But if, if organizations like Mark's organization, and I understand his argument, I could even agree with him. But if you're going to pick out, yeah, but I don't like this part, then you always get to that. We need comprehensive, and comprehensive never happens. Right. There's a reason why we can't just do one of these at a time. Just decide. Everybody in America practically agrees merit-based is better than family. Let's pass that, do it, then get to how many or a refugee or whatever other thing we're going right. to deal with. Well, the political parties would tell you, and this is a two-part answer. The political parties would tell you that, well, if you do it one chunk at a time, you've removed some of the horses I wanted to trade for this other thing. Um, you, you give me merit-based, well, I was going to trade that. I was going to put that up against, how all right, that, we'll do something for the DACA people. But how is that something to trade when everybody agrees on it? Well, that's not just a Republican issue or a Democrat. We went through the polling. Everybody right. wants it. Which brings me to part two of the answer. The uh, parties are lying to you all the time about what they want to do and what they're going to do on immigration. They both want the issue to remain. You solve the issue, you lose it as an issue. I mean, I understand trading DACA for, they have to speak English. Those are two completely different sides of the argument. Yeah, okay. But everybody wants the merit-based. It's just not even close. Right, yeah, yeah. Well, this is true, and people who listen to this show now know it. You will not hear that from the big American media. I can scan the big American media stories I've seen so far. I, I don't recall if they've addressed it. I have a feeling they haven't. Well, Democrats... They're nearly over the uh, near unanimity among the American people on certain main points of the plan. The Democratic and Republican strategists I've seen have all said there's not a chance this is going to happen. Right. So that's just fantastic. There's no way to run a country. No kidding. Armstrong and Getty. Available right now via the iHeart app and iTunes. Our two new podcasts. Armstrong and Getty, one more thing. That's our daily after show podcast. And Armstrong and Getty Extra Large featuring our interviews of the most interesting people in the world. Subscribe today via the iHeart app or iTunes. Or wherever podcasts are given away for free.
because we're stupid. The Armstrong and Getty Show. This new survey just ranked America's sexiest accents, and New Jersey came in 49th out of 50. In response, people in Jersey were like, yeah, it'd be a shame if all the other states on that list had a little accident. That's funny. So I'm looking at this list of the sexiest accents in the United States. And in last place is the accent that I heard when a, when a woman hit on me, remember? Oh, yeah, in the uh, convenience store? So I went to New York, uh, flew into Long Island, got there super late at night, and couldn't find a hotel room. I thought it'd be easy to find a hotel room. Uh, something happened with my flight. I don't remember what it's happened. It's anyway. high season! <laughs> anyway, some woman hit on me in the convenience store. You could come to my house. She actually said, you don't look like a serial killer. <laughs> killer? She actually, she actually said that to me. That's very nice of her. <laughs> Why, thank you. And I've often thought, Sean, what would my life be like, assuming I lived, Briefly. if I had Brief, said, yeah. sure, I just met you at a convenience store, I'll come stay at your house. <laughs> my kiss is relatively the same, but a slightly different story to tell. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what would happen. You weren't even curious about, you weren't doing over-unders, like, there's probably, what, seven cats at her place? Well, I, you know, you make the immediate calculation. I think I was single at the time of, is this a sex thing? Is this a chop me up thing? Is this a, I'm just being nice thing? A neighborly small town America thing? It's, right. it's not either of those last two. It's either the first one or the second one. And it's really important you figure out which. Yeah. If it's sex or you're being chopped up. Right. Or both. I suppose you got to jump to note. Do you want to hear the top five sexiest accents? They called her the Black Widow Killer. Yeah. She would, uh, yes, she I, would find people that weren't smart enough to book the room ahead of time, offer them a place to stay, and chop them into pieces. <laughs> Finding traveling simpletons in local convenience stores, she, she would, would lure them into her <laughs> den of... She would look for no vacancy signs and camp out in the parking lot, <laughs> waiting for unwary travelers. Traveling simpletons. Well... <laughs> Um, some of these are specific to towns, and I certainly couldn't do one of the accents or even think it in my head. Okay. Um, like your, your, your bottom five sexy accents, Southern Ohioan, I'm not exactly sure Southern Ohio versus the rest of Ohio. I, I couldn't even do an Ohio accent. I don't know. Uh, uh California Valley Girl, we know that one. That's 46th <laughs> on the sexy list. What's so the bottom? What's not sexy about that? Oh my God. Alaska's, How can you not consider that sexy? Alaska's 47. You know an Alaska accent? You used to live in Alaska. No, I don't. No. It's uh, like a, it's a, it's a crab fishing show. Like those guys talk, huh? And Minnesotan is 48. sexy. Third to last is Minnesotan. <laughs> really? Yeah. Which I, I find that I grew charming. up around that. My mom talks exactly like that. Not that I'm like, yeah, no, Hello, no, Dr. Let's calling not, Dr. Freud. Let's, not, Dr. Cross, Dr. Freud. let's not cross some lines here. Yeah. But, uh but I'm not bothered by that accent. I, I will, yeah, you know, I don't find it terribly alluring. I wouldn't call it sexy. No, and and it should be because I, you know, I grew up in the Upper Midwest, and and I was very fond of quite a number of young ladies who grew up there as well. Yeah. So you want your sexiest accent? So I have yeah, time to get to by all means the top five. 
Sure. Uh, number five. I'd Sh- say we spend all day on this. It's hilarious. Number five, Chicago. Wow. Some hate it. Turns out a lot love it. Words like butt and cut sound more like bought and caught. And you're oh, not looking. Caught. And you're not looking at a yeah. picture. You're looking at a picture. A picture. D's and does. <laughs> and that's sexy. Although, I, I didn't know. Well, I grew up in Chicagoland. I didn't know that many people who talked like that. There and you were talk, some. And you talk just like that. Hakers. <laughs> <laughs> number four, Maine. Uh, yeah, I got a lobster for you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mainers, number four. Number three, New You're York. You're like a lobster. New what? York accent. Okay, I assume they meet. Well, there's there are several distinct New York accents. Right. Long vowels, short A's, fast and hypernasal. Okay. Number two, Bostonian. Mm. Akika and Harvard Yard. Why right. is that the second? See, I, I don't get that's a in, lot of these. That's I'm entirely in, because Matt Damon made Goodwill Hunting. Maybe that's that's, that's why that <laughs> accent is so highly ranked. Right. That's sexy. Number one doesn't surprise me at all, but I'm from that part of the country. Number one, Texan. Who can resist a slow Texan drawl? I, uh, yeah, this the, is a the list the for su- chicks. Southern drawl is, uh, is hot. This is a list for women. You think so? I think so, yeah. I no, mean, like, it, could be, it could be aimed at men. I mean, Texas, uh, yeah, gals from Texas are pretty sexy, too. I just said, like, Georgia. Yeah, they're similar. But maybe it's just peaches. I think of Georgia, I think of peaches. Peaches, certainly the most sensual fruit. <laughs> <laughs> What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Uh, White House, high hopes for the president's immigration reform. We've got police raiding another diocese in the ever-expanding pre-sex abuse scandal. Wow. And how much money do you need to be considered wealthy? I don't know. I don't know either. I, I guess I'll stay tuned. More than I got. Plus, all the polling on immigration, some of it will shock you. On the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. Then there were 24. Bill de Blasio, mayor of New York, is officially in, running for president. He was on Good Morning America, where he made his announcement today. Sean, you've gone through some of the de Blasio stuff. You said it's embarrassing. It's not a good video. (laughs) Okay. Maybe we'll play some of that later. He's not a good mayor. Interesting cat. Mr. Varenville Helm <laughs> Jr. One of his big things is I'm putting working families first. And he's featured multiple times in his video that he's launching for his run to be president, getting chauffeured around New York City. Oh, really? It's just, kinda, <laughs> it's just a bit of a, a, a miss. Right. Wow. Nobody caught that? Okay. Uh, yeah, so Warren Wilhelm Jr., his given name, yeah, that's his So race. what are you trying to claim? Yeah, n- nothing. <laughs> what are you trying to claim? <laughs> All right, now, he was, uh, he, his dad evidently wasn't very present in his life, so he wanted to take his mom's last name to emphasize his Italian roots, and, uh, and he changed Warren to Bill for some reason. <laughs> Probably so he sounded more Italian so he could win elections in the heavily Italian New York. Uh, could be it. A yeah. little like being Beto O'Rourke. Yeah. We will get to the bottom of this. <laughs> News now with Marshall Phillips. Well, President Trump's unveiling his immigration reform plan today that would move the U.S. from a family-based immigration system to a merit-based system based on skills and employment opportunities. Favored by only 10% of racists in America. No, it's what, 86% of people agree with us. 84% of all people, including vast majorities of Democrats, progressives, black people, Hispanics, everyone likes this idea. White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders saying the president's plan is designed to 
actually be able to become law. It certainly is designed to become law, and we think it should. That's why we put it out, and that's why uh, we've spent a lot of time developing and uh, making sure that this was something that could have buy-in from both sides and um, actually fix our system that hasn't been upgraded or touched in decades. Looking for uh, bipartisan support in this. New entry requirements in the plan would include mandated health screenings, background checks, immigrants would get points based on their age, English proficiency, offer of employment, and education levels. If I'm uh, Again, if I'm, favored by virtually all of America. If I'm President Trump, I roll out polling numbers when I talk about this today. Why wouldn't you stand up there and say, on this point, 84% of Americans agree. On this point, 67% of Americans agree. Right. You can include securing the border, which is part of this, which almost everyone agrees on. Right. Dallas police searched the headquarters of the Catholic Diocese of Dallas and various other properties as part of the church's widening sex abuse scandal. Now, according to the police, investigators uh, gave statements in the warrant affidavit saying the diocese failed to reveal a full picture of sexual abuse allegations against a handful of priests, and in some cases, handed over to authorities incomplete records on the accused. And that's not all. The raid is the second in Texas in just six months. Will those names be on the list? In November, CBS News began investigating the Houston Galveston Archdiocese and its Cardinal Daniel DiNardo for allegedly covering up priest abuse. So far, no arrests have been made. Why not? Same story everywhere you go. Missouri is about to join a multi-state effort to push the U.S. Supreme Court to revisit Roe v. Wade. Their state Senate passing a bill banning abortion after eight weeks of pregnancy. Still going to need another vote in the House before it can be sent to Governor Mike Parson's desk. Meanwhile, the Alabama Republican governor signed a bill that would make it a felony to perform an abortion in nearly all cases with no exceptions for rape or incest. The only exception would be when the woman's health is at serious risk. Well, has everybody caught on by now that they kept it as clean as possible? They're, they're trying to force the issue. It's a political stunt is a prejudicial term, but it, it's an effort to get the idea of fetal rights to the Supreme Court. Right. To have an unborn to, child rights. To have, another, uh, to have another look at it. And speaking of polling, and we're going to talk to David French... Of who's he with? The National Review? You never know. He changes day to day. What's that? Anyway, uh, we're going to talk to him later about this, about the politics of it and everything like that. But it's another issue where there's there's agreement by Republicans and Democrats, prog- progressives, conservatives, everybody, that after the first first uh, trimester, nah, not so cool with abortion. Right. There have to be serious limits. How much money do you need to have to be wealthy? That was the question Charles Schwab's people put to over 1,000 U.S. adults between 21 and 75. I'm not just trying to be a a pain, but come on now. Merrick, we know you're not trying to be a pain, and yet... (laughs) Where do I live in this scenario? Do I live where my brother lives, or do I live where I live? Completely different number, as if you live in a different country. But go ahead. All right. Go uh, ahead with your ridiculous figure. And then in your head, see, you you hurt. I teach. <laughs> <laughs> Where, wherever. Wherever. <laughs> wherever you are, either multiply that number by like 1.3 because you live in San Francisco or Manhattan, 
Or if you live in, what was, I decided, somebody gave me that list, that great list of actual funny named towns in uh, in Kentucky, because I always say Coon Holler, but it oh, yeah, doesn't exist. Like Beaver Dead Bend. Possum. And, was, yeah. Dead Possum or somebody's butt, I can't say. <laughs> what? Well, anyway, right. we'll say in, in much less expensive, more rural America, multiply this figure by point seven. All right, now, you got to remember, this is Amer- Americans all across the U.S., they were asked, what, how, how much do you think you got to have in the bank to be wealthy? Americans say you need to have two and a quarter million dollars in the bank to be truly wealthy. You're in pretty good shape no matter where you are. If you got two and a quarter million yeah. dollars in the bank, I would I would say no matter where you live, you're in pretty good shape. And, and that makes you rich? Wealthy. 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 wealthy yeah. Okay. Baby boomers, it broke down in different demographics. Baby boomers say you, you need closer to three million to fit the definition of wealthy. Gen, uh, uh, Gen Xers said uh, you need about a million and a half. And millennials peg wealthy as close to two million. I don't know. So, I don't know how somebody comes up with these numbers. I'm telling you, for a lot of the country, two million dollars, you're plenty wealthy. Yeah. Well, you, you, that's a, that's good money, no matter where you are, no right. doubt. But a lot of the country, you are definitely, definitely the richest person in town. And then you put that up against America's median net worth, real median net worth at this point. $97,300. That's mm. the median net worth for the average American family. Interesting. All right. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips here. I'm struggling to get you show the conscience of the nation. I found it. Found what? The list of uh, great names of towns in Kentucky. Okay. Possum Trot. There you go. That was <laughs> the one I picked. Yep. <laughs> All right, Squawky. Good old Possum Trot. Although I certainly tempted by, and I am not making this up, this is the name of an, uh, a town... In Kentucky, the United States of America, Big Beaver Lick. Hmm. Rabbit Hash. I'll have the corned beef, thank you. <laughs> Robert Hash, Kentucky. I'm telling you, try the Rabbit Hash. <laughs> it's good today. Just made it. <laughs> ah, right, why not? Um, Over easy, thanks. Uh, which direction do you want to go? We're going to talk. Yeah, I live northeast. Well, we're going to talk about abortion with David French later. He's with the National Review, arguing about that, and that's a pretty pretty heavy topic. You can't get much heavier topics than that. Mm. Uh, which is part of I was, just, I was thinking about this last night. How the uh, the other side has um, made it feel scary to argue about abortion. Sure, you get from your the conservative side. Narral and your Planned Parenthood. I mean, they are well funded. They are savage, and they are savvy at PR. Mm-hmm. And so they've given many Americans a wildly inaccurate view of what each other thinks about abortion as a topic. And, and you know, perhaps our theme with Mister French could be the the will of the American people and what happens to it in. Electoral politics and the courts, and how those can be very, very different things. Um, sometimes to the good, frankly, and sometimes not. Major Neanderthal news. Oh, hello. It looks like koalas are going extinct. That's my people. Among- Neanderthals, not koalas. <laughs> yeah. um, and our birth rate continues to decline at shocking rates, as Marshall pointed out yesterday. All coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. 
don't know why I'm... Well, I kind of know. Uh, Michael, play uh, R.E.M. Superman coming back from some uh, some commercial break one of these days, would you? I heard that song. It's actually a cover tune. Jack, you ever play that song for your kids? I don't know. Oh, that was one of my so. kids' all-time favorites. Uh, it, it, they, they like in it. the sky, weak to kryptonite. No, that's not it. No? Um, <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, number one. It's a great song. It's a cover song from a very obscure band, but it's extremely catchy, and it's about Superman and little boys and girls love Who it. Who doesn't like that? Please. Somebody, I tell you what, you get a kid who's, uh, who doesn't like the Superman song, probably a foreign agent. <laughs> Koala bears are about to go extinct. They're now functionally extinct, according to people who keep track of this sort of thing. They're below the number and don't have a habitat, so uh, they're oh, probably no. going to go away eventually. Wow. I'm looking at a video of Mick Jagger dancing. Remember, he had surgery recently, and he's released a video of him practicing his dance moves, getting ready for the upcoming he's tour. He's in his 70s. How does he dance like that? I don't know. He just did 10 minutes of aerobics up there on uh, television. Which... <laughs> I'm shocked his dance moves are practiced. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he's okay. uh, he's an amazing dude. He's um, He will outlive us all. I mean, he's like, I don't know. He's like one of those tortoises. He's going to be 140. <laughs> Still touring with Keith's bones. And coming up in moments, a farmer gets his leg caught in some machinery. It goes very poorly. Oh, boy. But wait till you hear... What he has to say about it. Oh, speaking of so legs. So stay tuned. So uh, took the, the wife and the daughter, my little one's home from college, for a very brief visit. But she thrilled me by saying, you know what I'd really like to do is go to a ball game. I'm like, yes. So we went to a uh, a, a, a Major League Baseball game. It was very entertaining. I just checked my little fitness app there on my iPhone. I walked 14,300 steps yesterday. And managed to gain weight. Wow. That's, yes. what, that's what a Major League Thank Baseball you. stadium will do Thank for you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. I ate I ate a bratwurst. This, you know how they call a, a little dachshunds a sausage dog? I ate a bratwurst the size of a dachshund. And, oh, and when it was done, you know what I was thinking? I wish there was more of this. Mm. Oh, it was so good. And then I just... Oh, What's your go-to brat just, toppings? What do you put on your brat? On my brat? A uh, mustard and uh, onions. I, I passed on the sauerkraut. I'm getting a little older. I'm at a ballpark. And, you know, I'm gonna. there's a train ride involved. I, <laughs> I didn't want to have the, I didn't want to have the solid, uh, you know... I'm not sure what the urge, math is on that. Urge but... to break for home, if you know what I mean. I just I want to go easy on my digestive system, since there was travel involved. Oh, all right. But uh, what? If, if, you were, if you had an induced coma plan later in the day, then it would have been okay. <laughs> Well, no, I just didn't. If you're wanna... taking a plane home, would that have changed it? <laughs> no, no. I, trying I, to I imagine didn't want situ- to have to suddenly run for the toilet. Well, right. Do what, I have to spell it out? I guess the joke is, what what situation would it have been okay? Oh, to if have I'm going to be at feelings? home all afternoon. Oh, okay. If you're on your own couch, sure. Gotcha. Yeah, and my nice little I got a, a fine facilities in my home. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I did. I absolutely. You know how many uh, uh, beers I had? None. Really. Yeah, it just didn't feel like it. Couldn't get the financing to it. Well, it was, it was like... Yeah, exactly. The credit report came back and... Yeah, exactly. Three-figure beers, practically. That's why I love the Masters. There's one more reason to love the Masters Golf Tournament is refreshments are like it's 1970. Two-dollar hot dog, 50-cent drinks, that sort of thing. How much was a beer at the ballpark? You I didn't at? even look. Mm. I, now, listen, I'm not trying to portray myself as some sort of saint... I was there, uh, it happened to be the same ballpark, I've been to many, because I just freaking love baseball, but um, I was staying overnight in a hotel, and I was ordering 
double gin and tonics with some friends at one ball game. So it's not like I'm a saint or mm. anything, but it's a family outing. And oh, it's baseball. I, I love the game so much. I love the sport so much. But there is time. People complain it's too slow. They're sitting on their couch on the watching on TV. Yeah, I kind of see what you mean. But when you're there, there's time to talk. There's time to talk about life. There's time to talk about the game. There's time to say, you see that guy who's hitting next? He's blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it, it helps to get, frankly, the gals interested. If you tell them a little bit about the players and, you know, and this guy is super cute and that guy's actually got two little kids at home and they're, you know, it's just, there's time to talk about the game and life and, you know, keep an eye on the, it's just the weather and look at the other fans and the loud, obnoxious guy who's behind you and just, I don't know. I just love it. In the words of uh, old Harry Carey, you can't beat fun at the old ballpark. Definitely different than the NFL experience. Yes. Yeah. You can bring a backpack to most Major League Baseball games. They take a look in it, but it's fine. That's Nobody's going to knife anybody at a ballpark. At least almost never. But anyway. Speaking of knives, and you know what's not fine? Hmm. This farmer who got his foot caught in an auger... Which is a oh, uh, no, that's twisty metal thing that moves grain and stuff around. It's like and an enormous drill bit. I've done yeah. the I've done the very thing that he's doing right here uh, a thousand times, like pushing stuff down with your feet and that sort of stuff oh, toward boy. the auger and I'm gonna that sort to, of thing. I'm gonna have to hold on to something while I listen to this. <laughs> it, the description of what happens is pretty rough, and if you don't like that sort of thing, I would tune out for thirty seconds. His description, his attitude about it is is quite amazing, though. So here we go. We were moving corn and taking from one place to the other. And, but I was in that routine like I always used to do. I didn't think of it. Stepped in the hopper in that little hole. It just sucked my leg in, and, and I was trying to pull it out. <sighs> when it first happened, I can remember telling myself, this ain't good. This is not good at all. When I had my pocket knife, I thought, well, the only way I'm getting out of here is cut it off. So I just started sawing on it. When I was cutting it, the nerve endings, I could feel them just ping when I'd start sawing around that pipe. And all at once, it... Well, mm, let me go. So I got the heck out of there. It is what it is. Make the best of it is all you can do. Could have always been worse. I paid the price here of being in a hurry and not paying attention. There you go. There's a guy whose first thought wasn't, can I sue Tiger Woods because this happened? (laughs) For instance. Or the employer for not having proper training on how to use this equipment. The corn seed manufacturer, let me think. Or whoever made this equipment, there should be more warnings on it. My shoe. My shoe was made by Blackbird. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was in a hurry. It's my fault. You know, it is what it is. You got your leg sucked off by a piece of machinery. You had to cut it off with a pocket knife. And he says, it is what it is. (laughs) I should have been more careful. I should have been more careful. Tell you what. Good. That's a different view of America than a lot of people have. I want to send that man and his prosthetic leg to every single elementary school in this nation. And when he's done with those, he can work the college campuses to try to undo the damage that's been done to those youngsters. So I worked in the environments he worked in. If I had had something like that happen to me, I don't think he would have crossed anybody's mind other than should have been more careful. You know, or, or I would have thought I'd been more careful. That's what I get for being in a hurry. Yeah, or, you know, yeah, whatever. Bad things happen. But here's the question. Do you think his view of the way these things work is going to spread to the rest of America or the rest of America's view of how these things work is going to spread to his world? Well, that's I, why I, I want to send him on that tour. I guarantee I know which is going to happen. Our only the, hope. He'd do great at those schools, too. As soon as he lost the room, just pop off the leg, spin it around, get the, right. get the kids' attention back. They'd love when it. I was cutting at the uh, nerve endings, no, I could see, feel that, them that's, just that's, ping that's, when that's I'd start part. sawing around. Oh, that's that's the part I don't need that's to hear not again. a good ping right there. <laughs> the, uh, well, it is what it is. It's a painful ping. 
<laughs> it is what it is. It is what it is. It's brought to you by Ping Golf Clubs. So I just hopped on out of there and got back to work. You know, you're working like a third grade class. You walk in, you say, I'll bet you five bucks I can kick myself in the head. Right? Then you take off your leg, <laughs> huh? and the kids will laugh, and oh. then you got to palm your hand. <laughs> huh? I'll go straight for this guy. No, I just, that is so American. Yeah, well, what's also but, American, I'm, I, guess, I guess my only job today is to take everything negative and angry and reason to be unhappy. Is it Thursday? But, but, go, uh, ahead. <laughs> go ahead, Chief Dark Cloud. But is his insurance company, even though his attitude was, I was in a hurry, I shouldn't have been in a hurry, it is what it is, is his insurance company going to think, well, we ain't paying for that, that didn't ha- that happened at somebody else's place, and they're paying for this. Right, right. And they're going to sue where he works, and the, the, the piece of equipment and everything to try to get a settlement out. Right, to get their money back. Whether he wants to or not, even if he doesn't want to. Yeah. Because that happens now. Yeah. It is what it is. Make the best of it, is all you can do. Yeah, that's the discouraging part. You might have that attitude, but you have an insurance company, a health insurance company, and they want somebody else to pay. And then wherever he works, we'll now have these ridiculous and stupid and accomplish nothing training sessions once a year that you do on your computer. To protect themselves from liability. <laughs> yeah, and to show it. that you know that equipment could be dangerous. I know I'm not supposed to stick my foot in an auger. <laughs> I did it anyway. We the people on this farm. Yeah, Mitt, I'm telling you. Anyway. Wow. Well, that's you know what? I'm just going to admire him for his, his courage and his down-to-earth He's attitude. He's cutting and, off your leg with a pocket knife. And it, it is what it is. And ignore your boyish fascination with the horror and the discouraging <laughs> what do you state think? of America's tort uh, system. What do you think? He took like a day off work? Probably took Tuesday off, was back at it Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, something like that, I would guess. Pops Madville. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty.